0: You're listening to a podcast brought to you by international law firm Trowers and Hamlins, combining market sector thought leadership, advice and ideas, helping businesses and governments prepare for the future. Welcome to Trowers and Hamlin Smart City podcast series. My name is Amadeep Gill and I'm a partner in Trowers' commercial team. Today, we're talking about 5G being the linchpin of the fourth industrial revolution. I have the pleasure to be joined by Robert Franks. Robert Franks is a managing director of WM5G Limited, an organisation set up to deliver the UK's first region-wide 5G testbed in the West Midlands. Prior to WM5G, Robert held senior positions at O2, T-Mobile and Orange. At O2, Robert led the company's new business portfolio, where he launched and scaled a number of new businesses in the sectors, including Wi-Fi, Internet of Things, payments, messaging, data analytics, advertising and fintech. Robert also led O2's startup accelerator. Welcome, Robert.
1: Thank you very much, Amadeep.
0: Delighted to join you. (laughs) Thank you very much. So, We're talking about all things 5G and who better to have that conversation with than yourself, given the level of expertise that you have there. So just starting um, from the basics, because a lot of our our listeners may not really understand the scope of 5G. Mm. What do you think um, are the important changes that people should be aware of that will be instigated by 5G?
1: Absolutely. Well, 5G is obviously the next uh, generation of mobile technology. Uh, It's in its first year at the moment, and uh, these these changes tend to come around every decade. You know, if you think about when you got your your 4G phone and and, and now looking into 5G. So there are four key features that are different about 5G, which I'll quickly explain, and then I'll answer your question of what does that mean, what might change in our lives, in the way we work, uh, all of those important areas. So, so the four key differences are as follows. Um, so firstly, 5G is a technology that will enable us to connect millions of devices together. So 5G isn't just about smartphones, it's about the Internet of Things. Mm. Uh, and specifically what 5G will enable is it's a uh, technology architecture that enables up to a million devices to be connected per square kilometre, which is 20 times more than 4G. And the reason why I think that's really important is because all sorts of things in our lives and work are now being connected, yeah. whether it's cars, whether it's buildings, uh, whether it's machinery, and we need something that can support that th- those digital interactions as well as smartphones and other things that we may use ourselves. The second thing it does, it does something called low latency. What this is about is it's about guaranteeing the speed at which mobile data can reach a device and that's really important for certain critical types of applications. So for example, imagine uh, say the emergency services for example, they may need to be able to guarantee connectivity at a particular moment in time to deal with a very important situation, whether it's the police or the fire service or the ambulance service. And they can't do that at the moment with 4G because 4G treats everybody's phone as, as, as being equal. There's no way to prioritise the network traffic in the way that you can with 5G. So that could be very important. And you can prioritise traffic down to a millisecond. So it's real-time interactions between, uh, between devices over a 5G network. The third thing it does, not surprisingly, it's a hell of a lot faster. Yeah. So we're talking about 10 to 100 times faster. So um, I won't go into the numbers, but if you imagine your the fastest possible fibre connection in your home, that tends to be the minimum for a 5G handset. And depending on the circumstances, where you are, the network deployment, it can also go up to 100 times faster. So it's a lot faster. Download movies, stream things in in seconds rather than minutes. And then the final thing is it's it's more secure, it's more reliable, there's greater availability as well. So it offers a number of features that are significantly enhanced versus 4G. So what does this mean? Um, Well, I think while we're going through a discovery process of exploring how 5G can benefit us, a number of things are initially clear. So at its simplest, uh, 5G is is, is faster connectivity. And so some of the early things we've started to see in the UK and also in other countries starting to launch 5G is uh, things like, for example, uh, rolling out uh, 5G modems into people's homes Mm. in areas where they may not have uh, good home broadband or good mobile coverage, That's something that that one of the mobile operators here, 3, is focused on. So there's some stuff around faster speed. But really, I think what's most exciting is what people are doing on top of the 5G network to innovate new products, new services, help us all become more productive and deliver other benefits. Mm. So let me try and take a couple of examples. and, And maybe we'll come back to these later on if we want to talk about some of the work that... WM5G is doing. But if you think about sectors like manufacturing, for example, which is is an important sector in the West Midlands, what people have started to experiment with 5G in manufacturing is the ability to uh, connect machines Mm. to Internet of Things sensors to measure things like pressure and temperature and other things that you need to know, really for the purpose of things like uh, predictive maintenance, so identifying in advance before machines uh, are likely to break down, which can save time and money in fixing them before they, they they stop the whole production line and cause a serious fault in terms of remote maintenance. So a challenge that exists in manufacturing, but also many other sectors, is uh, sometimes when things break down, you don't necessarily have the person on the ground with the right expertise instantly to fix it but actually using a 5G connection and using technology like augmented reality glasses, they can be connected in real time back to a center of experts who can help them fix things. So manufacturing is one area. I think a second area is healthcare. So as as you know, uh, we did some work, for example, last summer where we demonstrated the potential for, for 5G to help doctors empower paramedics who may be in an ambulance many miles away from hospitals to offer life-saving diagnosis Absolutely. and life-saving treatment using the speed of 5G to connect them in real time uh, from, from the ambulance, in this example, back to the hospital. And we showed the potential uh, that time for them to do an ultrasound scan remotely guided by a, a doctor who's qualified qualified to do it. So I think there's some really exciting stuff around healthcare and actually how technologies like 5G and AI can help improve the quality of care patients need at the point they need it and also in doing so actually also help improve the productivity of the healthcare system. Um, A third area which again I think is very relevant to us in the West Midlands is transport. So so clearly we all rely increasingly on the transport network Mm. in various shapes and forms but we're all aware that the transport network is under huge pressure here as everywhere else as 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 the population's grown and various other things and therefore there has been some early work and and work we are continuing here in the west midlands to look at how we can use 5g to connect parts of the transport network so we can use our road network and our rail network even more efficiently and also looking towards the future things like our future mobility zone which we have in the west midlands and connected autonomous vehicles how 5g can help those vehicles to operate faster and safer and then I guess the fourth and final area I wanted to quickly touch on from a business perspective it is a broad area which is around public safety yeah so lots of businesses have huge uh, groups of, of workers uh, people working remotely whether it's on a construction site or whether it's uh, well, actually, my transport example, if you have people out fixing the railways and those types of things. And again, there's an opportunity to connect those people mm. so you can make sure that, you know, that, that, that uh, companies are aware of what, where they are and that everything's OK. Uh, and that could apply to examples like uh, body worn cameras as well. So there's a number of kind of, I think, use cases around safety as well that I think are interesting On the consumer side, finally, I mean, clearly there's a lot of stuff just around smartphones and making them even better. But I think there's also some really interesting emerging examples of 5G and things like new experiences around augmented reality. You will be aware that Snap launched their augmented reality goggles last year, obviously not yet working on 5G. But all of the big technology companies are looking at launching some form of augmented reality glasses with different apps and experiences in the next few years. And that will inevitably have to be powered by 5G because obviously we'll be mo- moving about using those. I think there's also really exciting opportunities around events and experiences. And when I think about some of the amazing events we've got coming up, for example, here in Birmingham with yes. uh, you know, the Commonwealth Games, know how 5G can help bring to life some of the amazing uh, creative things we'll see there and also sports experiences Uh, things like for example e-gaming as well I think is very powerful and finally I think from a consumer perspective retail and leisure is another area where I'm starting to see some emerging innovation around 5G creating new experiences whether it's around things like advertising whether it's around things like your experience in a shop, or whether it's even around uh, completely new leisure experiences uh, so, for example, uh, an entrepreneur was taking me through um, a uh, virtual reality, uh, a, a little bit like the Crystal Maze, if you know that TV show, sort of yeah. uh, puzzle game that they were creating in, uh, in in a retail shop. And obviously you can create all sorts of games with, with, with different uh, virtual reality experiences. So, I'm um, sorry, that's a slightly long answer, but <laughs> yeah, hopefully that gives answer. you a little bit of sense of what 5G is. Uh, and some of the areas where I think it has potential to make a significant difference, actually, and, and in all aspects of our life, actually, work, mm. work,
0: um, play, and you know, leisure as well. It's going to be a, a kind of seismic shift that it could have. And, and actually, you've touched on a few things there around uh, the work that WM Five G have done, the discovery process, some of the healthcare uh, use cases. But actually, could we talk a little bit more about that? So, what is WM Five G? How did it come about? Uh, what is its agenda, and what's it really doing in that 5G space? Mm,
1: thank you. So, um, so West Midlands 5G Limited is the uh, UK's first region-wide 5G testbed. Um, and I want to explain what we're doing by, by really starting with what's the problem we're trying to solve or yeah. the opportunity we're trying to address? Because clearly, to your question, there's a lot of exciting stuff happening already or starting to happen around 5G. So why, why do we exist? Where, where are we seeking to add value? So in terms of what's happening already, so I'm delighted to say that the UK was the fifth country in the world to launch 5G globally uh, in 2019. So right at the starting line with all the other major economies. And the West Midlands was one of the first regions in the UK, i.e. in the world, to launch 5G as well. So we currently have 5G sites in in our three major cities in the West Midlands and indeed 17 other towns as well. So we're in a really, really good starting position for 5G. So why does West Midlands 5G exist? Well, we exist um, to address two opportunities. So while we have a great starting position for 5G in the West Midlands, the reality is what we're seeing at the moment is small numbers of 5G masks being deployed in small city centre locations we're not yet seeing the kind of scale of deployment of 5G that we all need to take advantage of it. And one of the reasons why we're not yet seeing that scale of deployment, and are unlikely to see the speed of deployment that we really need at the moment, is because of regulatory and planning barriers to upgrading mobile phone Hmm. masts. So very simply, the the, the whole business model and legal framework around uh, upgrading mobile phone masts and finding new mobile phone sites has changed radically in the UK and much of Europe over the last decade. And there are elements of the business model, there are elements of the law, elements of planning, elements of process that local authorities and mobile phone operators are still trying to work through and that are very difficult to address. So our first objective is to work in partnership with those local authorities um, in our region and with mobile phone operators to accelerate the deployment, accelerate the rollout of 5G and fibre networks by effectively coming up with a best practice approach that makes it simple and easy and straightforward and compliant with the law to roll out 5G in our region. And we started to have some really good successes here. For example, we've been working very, very closely with Wolverhampton Council, who've been an absolute pioneer, I have to say, around 5G. And through some work we did with them last summer, we changed a number of things uh, with their agreement uh, with the MNOs and as a result, sorry, with the mobile phone operators, I should say, and as a result, uh, 5G launched significantly earlier in Wolverhampton than it otherwise would have done thanks to their proactive work with us. So that's the first objective and the first area we're focused on is accelerating 5G and fibre rollout. The second area we're focused on then is, work, again, working in partnership with the private sector and the public sector to accelerate the innovation that happens on top of the 5G network. And what we're specifically focused on is we're focused on sectors where we have strength in the West Midlands, like for example, manufacturing and transport, where we think 5G can make a big difference, but where it's difficult for the private sector alone to lead all of the innovation. So if you think about transport as as, as an example, you know, we have a brilliant transport system, but it's largely public funded. And therefore, unless we have the public sector coming to the table with all of the different organisations and working with the private sector on 5G innovation, it's very hard for the private sector alone um, to uh, to provide that innovation. So what GREAT looks like for us, very simply, is we want to uh, make our region the best connected region in the UK for 5G. And what that means specifically is 20% more live 5g sites in our region by the end of west midlands 5g which is in two years time so 20 percent more live 5g sites versus what would have been rolled out anyway yeah Um, and and also we want to cut the deployment time cut the time for rolling out those sites by a third so we want to be able to evidence that 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 this is the best place to build these networks Mm -hmm. because we're the easiest people to do business with in a way that's compliant with the law what we also then want to do on the services innovation side is we want to find some really big commercial opportunities to create and then scale services that make a real difference to citizens' lives, to businesses and to the public sector. Mm. So we have a target of over £300 million worth of value uh, being created in the next few years and through these new services. Um, and, um, and, and I think there are some sort of exciting early opportunities that I, I can talk you through um, in, a, in a few minutes. Um, how West Midlands 5G came about, um, as, as you know, was uh, there was a, uh, so the government is running a 5G test beds and trials programme, and uh, they ran a competition about 18 months ago for a region to bid to have the opportunity to have the honour to create this regional testbed and thanks to the leadership of the local authorities of the mayor of the wmca of the leps and others um, we the, the region felt incredibly passionately that many of the sectors where 5g can make a difference were many of the sectors that we had strengths and and, and therefore launched a very compelling bid and, and, and actually beat 17 other city regions who desperately wanted this honour. To, um, to to make this happen in the West Midlands, so we should feel very very proud that we've uh, we've won this opportunity.
0: Absolutely, and you know um, we are at the early doors of this, are we're not Robert, so yeah. you know it's potentially is untapped and you know limited only by our imagination. And one gets the feel, yes. Um, so you know and as it's so new and as it's so undefined I've heard some of the success factors that mm. WM5G are looking at what, what what would actually really be deemed to be a success for you as mm. you implement this agenda um, and you know the impact that we will have on our local economy uh, the young people um, is it is there kind of a, an aspiration to really touch on every aspect of uh, a person's life who will experience five G.
1: Um, absolutely, by by the end of the program, for sure. We yep. w- we want to have a very a very wide impact. So so I think to to answer your question, I think that the definition of success um, has a number of kind of direct measures, and then a number of things that will hopefully happen around it. So in the first instance, I uh, say on the network side, we're actively measuring. How many um, sites and opportunities do we get involved in? Mm. What impact do we have and what outcome does that create in terms of improving the 5G coverage, improving people's access to fibre and all the benefits that go with it? On the service innovation side, it's a little bit more of a um, staged process where we're testing various opportunities, seeing if they work and then taking them forward uh, to the next level. So, for example, uh, we have targets around the number of successful trials that we're doing in a period and various other uh, various other things like that. As a result of those two sets of benefits, um, we believe we will attract significant inward investment. Wonderful. So the business model for the programme is that for every pound of local funding, local public funding that we secure we are able to apply and secure two pounds of funding from central government, from DCMS. So we get a two times multiplier on our local funding, and then we need to pull in at least another three pounds from the private sector. Mm. So from an investment perspective, um, we are bringing in 50 to 60 million pounds of central government and private investment in 5G that otherwise we wouldn't have access to. What we want to do with that investment is then turn it into these opportunities around network rollout, around new services, but also work in partnership with colleagues on how do we improve digital skills, how do we create jobs, working with, for example, the West Midlands Growth Company, how do we use 5G and the innovation we're driving to attract uh, even more inward investment and also to attract other businesses to want to work in this region. So, so I think there's a, there's a range of direct and indirect benefits that we're tasked with delivering, and we're also finally focused on how to ensure that at least half a million citizens in our region uh, benefit from West Midlands 5G. Mm. So, we've just launched uh, a, a quite a sort of detailed actually survey process to understand you know what businesses and. Uh, and citizens' expectations are around 5G today, what their awareness of the programme is. And over the coming months, we'll be looking at what are the right things to do to prove the benefits to people and get them more engaged.
0: Absolutely. And I think there is the key. Um, that engagement factor and refining your model it seems very flexible it mm. seems very fluid uh, and adaptable so no matter what happens and that feedback that you receive it sounds as if wm5g can very much respond to it in a constructive way
1: yes no that, that, that's absolutely right i mean if i may let me tell you about three or four of the things that we've got uh, launching in the coming months and, and hopefully that will bring this to life a little bit more so as you know one of the um most exciting things that we're going to be launching actually in a couple of weeks Um, are our 5G accelerators, starting in Birmingham, but also launching very shortly in Wolverhampton and Coventry in Warwickshire. And these accelerators are going to be buildings uh, with demo space and office space, with cutting-edge 5G networks where businesses and public sector organisations of of all sizes can come to do two things. So firstly, to experience 5G. So to come into an environment, to play around with handsets, devices, services, to to experience it and to work out off the basis of that what they think the opportunity could be for 5G in their business or in their organization. In addition, once they've been through that process, we will also be offering events where they can then collaborate with entrepreneurs, startups, scale-up businesses to test and prove new 5G products and services. Mm. So if, for example, you uh, were a leader in a manufacturing business or a uh, or, or a healthcare a trust, or, or, or any really any area, you can come to these facilities, develop your five G strategy, experience the technology, and then if there's a particular product or service you want to try uh, and test and prove, then you can work with entrepreneurs to do that. No such facility exists anywhere else, to my knowledge, in the UK that does those wow, two things. Fantastic. There are, I mean, there are some you know five G innovation centres at universities, but they tend to be very focused and not really open to. Uh, to businesses, there are obviously you can go into a mobile phone shop and buy a handset, but really this will be this will be a facility that that is very very open to a broad range of organisations in our in our region, um, and it's going to be free for these organisations to use. So we're going to get technology companies to pay for uh, the running of the facility, and, and I think it's also important if I may just to say one other thing about these accelerators. So. You know, 5G is a, is a little bit like the software releases you get on your smartphone. It's it hasn't just launched and all the features are there. Yeah, there are different releases, and actually, some of the really exciting features that are gonna that I mentioned actually at the beginning of the podcast aren't yet live with 5G. Okay. Um, so you can go out and buy a handset uh, today, but obviously, you but 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 you can't actually use, for example, that the low latency, the guaranteed speed, because that isn't coming out for another eighteen months. And so the challenge is, you know, if I'm an entrepreneur or if I'm a, uh, a leader of a business, how, how, how do I work out what the opportunity is for those features if I can't actually use them anywhere? Mm-hmm. And the answer is you will be able to use them in these accelerators. So they'll have a technical environment that will have advanced features that aren't yet commercially released. And therefore, people can start playing around with, start innovating new products and services here first. And when I think about cities like Birmingham, which I think is still the second most popular location in the UK for startups, for new businesses. When I think about all of the other tech innovation going on, it just feels like a great complementer to to those kind of technology clusters. So that's the first thing, the accelerator. The second thing is transport. So as you know, we're working in close partnership with Transport for West Midlands. Um, And we are, uh, well, we have just launched, actually, as of two days ago, our first 5G innovation use cases around transport. So we've got a call out to um, uh, innovative companies working in the transport space in the West Midlands and beyond to come and work here um, and uh, test and prove some opportunities to reduce congestion, reduce pollution in our transport system, and also improve the traveller experience. So I'm really excited that we're doing that. Also in transport, um, starting, starting in the summer, We are going to be testing and proving the opportunity to improve traffic flows uh, using 5G sensors at road junctions. Mm -hmm. So we are going to be looking at the opportunity to deploy uh, real-time high-definition video cameras, radar, pollution sensors at up to a thousand road junctions in the West Midlands, and at these and, and, and the roads that connect these junctions. Uh, carry over 50% of the traffic. So it's a big big part of our road network. And I think, again, that could be a huge opportunity to help people get around more easily and also uh, reduce congestion and pollution. Uh, And we also have some further waves of use case conversations coming up and then the third area i'm I'm also very excited about is what we're doing on the network side so as i mentioned earlier we've really started to prove this best practice model for uh, accelerating the rollout of 5g networks starting with some of the local authorities in our area in the next few months we'll be taking that further so we've already had a workshop to include the non-constituent authorities that the authorities that aren't formerly part of the WMCA who are really up for doing that. And we've also had a commitment from central government to take the lessons that that, that we've applied and extend those further. We're also going to be um, doing a lot of work around fibre. So I was um, doing a review yesterday and going through the approach that we want to take to look at how we can uh, potentially accelerate the rollout of fibre across the region. And finally, we are doing uh, a lot of work on the network side on new new ways of deploying these networks. Um, So for example, um, in the next few years, it's likely that in addition to the big mobile phone masts we have on top of the roofs, in certain heavily populated areas, we'll also need some smaller masts that that, that are deployed at street level. And, um, and we are going to be running a trial in the next few months to prove how we do that here first. So again, we can have really great connectivity. So those are three things I'm very excited about. The accelerators, the transport network innovation, and also the work, extending the work on the network side. Um, there are other areas that we also want to look at and extend, extend into. As you know, we've done the initial work in healthcare. We've also um, framed up opportunities around manufacturing, construction. We're obviously talking to the organisers of some major events in our region as well. But I think through those three initial areas, we will have a very exciting platform for leadership in 5G um, across the West Midlands. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, things for us all to be excited about, mm. actually, Robert. Um, and...
0: You know, th- therein lies the issue in, in some ways, because where we are as consumers still waiting for it to impact us on, on us in a kind of uh, direct and meaningful mm. way. Uh, can you give us a flavour, a little bit of future casting now? I know mm. we've heard um, with all the busy activity, but... Is there a sense that you're feeling from the work that's already been done, how there may be trends that are emerging for consumers and businesses from 5G that we will experience over the coming months and years, um, whether the work uh, that's been been
1: done by WM5G or others in this space, you know, what can we look forward to? So I think there are a number, a number of trends that really jump out at me. So, so I think an extension of the kind of on-demand economy mm-hmm. that, that I think a number of us uh, enjoy at the moment. So, so I'm, I'm sure, like you know, like you, like yourself and many of your listeners, things like, for example, transport on demand, whether it's Uber, things yeah, like absolutely. sort of uh, you know ordering takeaways through Deliveroo and Uber Eats and all that sort of. Stuff. Um, and, and, and again, in, 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 a, in a 5G world where you're connected in real time, that model extends to really all sorts of industries. So if you think about the example that we were talking about earlier of healthcare, for example, in, in a world where hopefully it's possible to connect lots of healthcare professionals in real time, wherever they are and whatever they're doing, you know, for example, potentially using um, AR headsets, that's really exciting because... What it means is that the traditional model of, say, having doctors on calls and, and, and some of the inefficiencies in that model of, you know, having to drive to a hospital n- no longer exists. You know, if a doctor's expertise is needed out of hours, they can put on a headset and be immediately connected in real time to a scene. They can collaborate with colleagues. That model also applies in the example I was talking about earlier to uh, manufacturing and to other areas. Um, I think relating to, if I may, secondly, I think relating to a lot of the 5G use cases, AI comes heavily into the picture, mm. artificial intelligence and the uh, automation of a lot of processes and a lot of decision making. Mm. So I was talking about transport earlier. And I guess when you think about um, all of those sensors that could be connected to our road junctions, looking at, you know, vehicle patterns and when polluting vehicles are going through and making adjustments, that, that's all going to generate huge amounts of data, much more data than it would be possible for, you know, human beings sitting in a traffic control centre to, to respond to. So we'll need to automate that through algorithms. And, 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 and so therefore, I think it will reinforce this trend of uh, using data and data analytics. And again, I think the same will be true um, increasingly on the healthcare example I was mentioning previously. So again, it's brilliant having the real time connection between, say, a paramedic and a a GP, but it's even more powerful if actually we can use AI to help the GP prioritise their time and also to work out where where problems might be in the first place. There have been some very interesting uh, studies, for example, uh, by DeepMind, who are are the um, data analytics business owned by Google, uh, looking at uh, things like sort of iris scans and others where the uh, computers have been able to pick up things that actually it's been hard even for medical professionals to, um, to identify. Um, I, I think, thirdly, um, this will support a trend of us all being more um, empowered as consumers. Okay. So, so I think the ability to um, um, get things on your terms as and when you need things. Mm-hmm. I and mean, I'm sure that people will have uh, you know, understandable concerns around data, as, as, as we do today with 4G and Wi-Fi and some yeah, of the absolutely. services. I, but I don't think 5G changes any of no, that. No. I think that that's picked up through GDPR and through all of the usual consents that exist that exist today. So those were the three that initially jumped out at me. I think AI, I think on demand, and I think also a trend around uh, consumer empowerment are the, are the three areas that um, I was thinking about when you raised that question.
0: And it's a brave new world for all of us, Robert. Yeah, yeah, and yeah a lot yeah. to look forward to as well. Actually, yes, yes. And I think there's, you know, it would be naive of anyone to think that. 5G is just an iteration of the Gs. It's so much more than that. And thank you for taking the time to explain that to us. Um, It's been a fascinating conversation. I'm looking forward to seeing what WM5G are going to be doing in the not too distant future. But it sounds very exciting. So thank you very much for taking the time out. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. You have been listening to a podcast brought to you by Trowers and Hamlins. Find us at Trowers.com and join in the conversation on Twitter at Trowers or find us on LinkedIn and Instagram.